the whole Bible is full of expression of his love for you and me. And also he expressed his love when he gave his only son and the son died on a cross and resurrected from death. This is also the love story that he shares his love with us people. And I am so happy today to have a message together with Josie. We are here now as daughter-in-law and mother-in-law. Yes. <laughs> hey, Jesus, when he was on the cross, he has five wounds. Two of them he had in his hands for all those who were weak, all those who doubt, and they, they can get help. Two of them he had in his feet for all those who went their own ways. They can humble here at his feet. And one in his side for all those who are broken inside and need his love, his intimacy. Jesus, when he was on the cross, he healed our wounds. And that's something we read in scripture. Isaiah 53, verse four to five. It says, surely he took up our pain and bore our suffering. But he was pierced for our tra tra transgression. He was crushed for iniquities. The punishment he brought us peace was on him. And by his wounds, we are healed. Wow, what a prophetic word we can read in the Old Testament. It's a prophetic word that was fulfilled when he, Jesus, died on the cross. And these three people are people we can read their story in the Bible. For example, the guy you saw, it's, it's uh, Thomas. And he is the doubter. In German, there is a saying, the doubter Thomas. I don't know if that uh, saying exists also in English, but it's a saying people know, even though they don't believe in the Bible. And he doubted and something happened when he reached into the wounds of Jesus, something changed into in his heart. And he started to believe, he could exchange the unbelief into belief. And he got, he got this experience with God so much and transformed himself so much that it's, it's told that he was witness and it, until India, so far away, he went as a witness. Then there was a woman at the well. She was a Samaritan. And when she met Jesus, she said, she replied, you cannot talk to me. There's so many barriers that separates me from you. I'm a Samaritan, you're a dude. I'm a woman, you're a man. And man, when you would know how much brokenness is in my heart, you would never talk to me. And to this woman, Jesus came, he saw her and he said, I am the Messiah. He revealed himself as the first one as in, the, in, in public. And she got with witnesses of her, of her city. Yes. Then we have the other woman. She was at the feet of Jesus. She's called Mary Magdalene. It's told that Jesus delivered her from seven demons. And it's told that she's the one who was at the feet of Jesus and 
and cried and tears went down and, and cleaned the feet of Jesus and is told that she's the one with the most expensive oil, with the alabaster oil that she broke and, and oiled the feet of Jesus. And it's told that it's the same Mary that was the first one who was telling that Jesus was resurrected. Something happened when she was at the feet of Jesus, when she got healed through his wounds, something changed from a distracted life into a life that was full of life again. And she could be a witness for Jesus, for his resurrection. And all three of the person has something in common. All three had an encounter with Jesus. They met him and something changed their lives. All three had a miracle, an experience, and then a testimony. And in these three words, miracle, experience, and testimony, we want to get look closer together. I would love to take you with me with the, with the word of the miracle. I read you John 3, verse 16, there it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. This is the gospel in a nutshell, as Dr. Billy Graham used to say. And so I understood from a very small childhood on that this Bible verse is something spe special. Also, my mother, when she quoted that Bible verse, I could sense she felt something really special in that Bible verse. But for me, to be honest, no feelings about that verse. This Bible verse leaves me cold almost up until today. On the other side, I have a Bible verse that lets beat my heart stronger. And it's in Revelation 21 verse 3, there it says, And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. God's dwelling place among the people. And I can feel this Bible verse. I can feel the power that is in this Bible verse. I, I can literally feel that God is among us and that his love is so big and so strong that he wants to live together with us. What is the difference? The meaning of these Bible verses are approximately the same. They they speak about the same, the love of God that is longing for us. But why can I, for example, understand one Bible verse better than the other one? I was thinking about that and I came up with the idea that must have to do something with the love languages. I don't know if you have heard about the love languages from Gary Chapman. It's nothing new. And just to let us remain what the love languages are, it's the, how we express love to each other and how we understand the love from the other one. So let us just recall all these love languages. This is, um, I have to look at my notes. Word of affirmation, quality time is one, gifts is another one, acts of service and physical touch. They all make us able to express and receive love in a different way. Interesting enough, God speaks the same love language with us. 
For example, I was told that worship is the love language of physical touch because you you can literally feel God during worship if you speak that language. Or it's easy to imagine that the love language of gifts is for the one, especially when, when you love to give generously to God. Or I heard that words of affirmation, this love language speak those people who like Bible verses or quotes to put them all over in, the, in your place, maybe in the mirror or on the wall, wherever. Maybe you recognize yourself in one of these love languages. What I was thinking is, is there a connection of the experience of, for example, these three persons from the Bible and a love language. Is it possible that maybe God touched their heart through one specific love language? So I was thinking about Thomas, the doubter. He could touch into the hands, into the wounds of Jesus. And as soon as he touched the hand, he could believe. And I thought, yes, this is the love language of physical touch. And maybe you are the same. Maybe it's not enough for me, for you, if you just hear something. You have to touch it. And how amazing is it that God takes care of your love language and gives you opportunity to touch him. And then we have Mary Magdalene. What could be her love language, I was thinking. She received a lot of forgiveness, and that's why Jesus said, to whom a lot is forgiven can give a lot. And she, that's why she could give the most expensive oil and pour it out on Jesus' feet, because she received the gift of forgiveness and could give a gift, another loving gift, or... What about the woman at the well? It's quite difficult to think what was her love language. But when we think of her story, back then only men were able to divorce a woman. So she was five times, five times abandoned, five times thrown away. So she suffered, she suffered a lot. And Jesus, as Josie said, had actually culturally so many barriers to approach her but nevertheless he spoke with her what kind of words of affirmation was that she was she she received the love of jesus through words of affirmation this is is what i connected then we have two left what about um the act of service it reminded me of the paralyzed man who was there at the at the water waiting 38 years and no one had no one who helped him move to the water so he could receive the healing 38 years helpless and Jesus helped him so he spoke with him the love language of service and then finally we have the love language of quality time that reminded me of the story of Zacchaeus. He was also somehow not fit into the, the community, somehow made his way with strange business. And he went on the tree to just catch 
a look of Jesus. But Jesus remained standing under that tree and said, Zacchaeus, I am supposed to eat at your home tonight. Quality time. How amazing is that? That God, that Jesus himself spoke all the love languages so that the people can understand them. That really touched my heart. That God approached all different kinds of people with all these love languages. And it made something in their hearts. Something arrived in their hearts and that made the change. And that's why they could all witness and have a testimony from Jesus. And at this point, when it comes in terms of touch of our hearts, I would love to make a little detour. A detour into the Old Testament to Jacob. It's that Jacob that was the founder of the Israelites like Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And from Jacob, you have to know he had 12 sons. One of them was his most favorite. But the brothers were envy and then they sold them to Egypt. But they told Jacob that this son was killed from a wild animal. But after years... It happened that they got to know Joseph again, and then they came home and told her fa their father that good news. And it says in Genesis 45, verse 26 to 27, they told him, hey, Joseph is alive. In fact, he's the ruler of all Egypt. Jacob was stunned, but did not believe them. In the German translation, there it says, Jacob's heart remained Cold. Nothing happened when he heard that news. But when they told him everything Joseph had said to them, and when he saw the cards Joseph had sent to, the car to carry him back, the spirit of their father revived. Can you see the difference? From the beginning, from the first part of the Bible verse to the second part, something happened. Something changed in his heart because before the heart was cold, but then something revived in them. That reminded me of another Bible verse that is from the New Testament from Luke. From Luke 24 verse 32. It's about the two disciples who went from Jerusalem to Emmaus while uh, Jesus died and they heard about the resurrection but somehow couldn't believe and then Jesus was walking with them they didn't recognize him until he break the bread in the evening by the dinner and then looking back the disciples told to each other they asked each other were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us. Were not our hearts burning? I love these Bible verses where it says that something can happen with our hearts and this is a miracle. And I would love to pray just right now where we are, where you are, I would love to pray that you, Jesus, reach out into our hearts and that this miracle happen in our hearts that your love receives our heart and we can feel it. We can feel it like a fire in our hearts. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. I had that feeling of burn in my heart maybe about three years ago when I was in Germany in church in the worship 
And suddenly I saw how Jesus reached his hand out to me and asking me, Josie, will you follow me? And you know, at that moment, I was in college studying and I felt like the Samaritan woman. I felt I didn't have really a place. I really don't belong here. I felt I'm not worth it. I felt unseen. And then I had this moment where Jesus came and asked me, will you follow me? And I gave everything up. I broke up college and I came here to Switzerland. And I know, I remember the first time when I walked here inside in the hall, Susanna was preaching. And I don't know if I, I have these thoughts on my own, but I walked inside and the first thing I recognized in my thoughts were, why are they all so beautiful? And maybe like it's really the Swiss air, I don't know. But I think what I saw at that moment was the heart and it was glowing out of experiences they had with God. And I wrote, I read a quote this week and which says, the best confident builder is experience. And that's the thing I saw in that moment in their hearts. And I knew in the moment, I want to have the same. I want to experience him. I want to experience his love for me. I want to experience him doing miracles, him healing people, healing me. And so I began for um, doing a Bible diary for one year. I opened the Bible every morning at the same time with the same notebook, with the same Bible, and I experienced him. He teached me things that was mind blowing to me. He helped me to get rid of something and to receive some, something new. He encouraged me so deeply. And then there was this one morning, it was the same time I got up early. I read in the same Bible and I read and read and read. And after half an hour, I was thinking, I didn't receive anything. I didn't receive the same encouragement I had the day before. And I was so frustrated. I didn't receive like the thing that I got taught so well, like the week before. And I was thinking, is something wrong? And I was angry inside, broken, because I needed his love. And you know what I learned in that moment was not that I read the, the, the wrong chapter or something else. What I did wrong was that I compared my experiences with each other. And because I had the day before such an encouragement moment from him, I wanted to have the same a day later and a day later. And that's not working. Let me tell you an example. Imagine you're with your best friend going to a restaurant, maybe tonight, and you have such a good time, good conversation, good food. And then the day after, you say, hey, let's do it again. I would love it. We had such a good experience. You said, okay, let's go in the same restaurant, at the same place, the same food, the same, yeah, spot. But you have different conversations and different atmosphere. And I think that's the same when we have experiences with God. We cannot have the same experience for the other days. And it's so important that we really have the experience on their own and take it by side, that we are thankful, that we can go forward 
to another one who's waiting for us. And last year, God talked to me and he said, I want to give you new access to my heart. Lay down your Bible because you're too focused on it. I said, okay. And I waited and suddenly I was in the middle of a situation. I don't know if you had something like that too. Like that I thought I had, like I dreamed of it two days ago and you're like, I know the end already. And Jesus, he talked to me through dreams, through my mind and thoughts. And I got, got a new access and I'm so happy that he gave me this one. And let me encourage you to receive his love. He wants to have a relationship with you. He wants to experience with you something. You and him as protagonists. He loves you. And let me ask you a question, okay? Maybe I challenge you a bit for today, but it's as a friend. Write down the question, what do you want to experience this year with God? Dream of something big, because He wants to have a relationship with you. He wants to experience with you something that your trust in Him is more deeper. We need a miracle, we need an experience, and that leads to a witness, to a testimony. And these three people we see here, it's a great story. They had this miracle, they had this experience, and this made them witnesses. And I know these stories, all kinds of stories from the Bible, since I am a small child, but not before I decided to be instead a watcher and just listen to the stories and admire the people, how they experienced Jesus, admire Zacchaeus, how Jesus wanted to spend time just with him, unless I decided myself to be part of that story and to dive into the story and to feel like, like the woman and to start to create this experience by answering questions, by, by, by articulate feelings, it did not change my heart. The miracle is one thing, that we receive the love of God, but then it's in our power to turn it into experience and to say, God, here I am. I am Zacchaeus. I, I let you invite me at your table. But you know, sometimes it's a little bit uncomfortable. Oh, Jesus, no, 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 no. Don't come home, don't come home. Too much trouble at my home, too much chaos. I don't like that. Or maybe you feel more connected with the woman at the well. You are longing for intimacy, but in the same time, it's the fear of trusting again because you experience so much. And it's right now the time I would love to invite you. Maybe it's easier for you if you close your eyes right now where you are and think about to which story you feel most connected today. One of the five, three we have imagined here. Maybe Thomas the Doubter. And you would love to have a physical experience, but you are afraid 
to articulate your feelings, your fears. Corona brings so much up in our lives because nothing is the same like a year before. Everything changed and it brings up feelings that we don't like to feel because it's ugly feelings. You cannot help when you have these ugly feelings, but you can help to not be the same and do not lay in their feelings like the paralyzed man for 38 years.